0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at DynastyFreaks.com or email DynastyFreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 256. We're finally here. Week 15. It's the playoffs. Let's talk about some things that took place this week. Hopefully you're still following because you're a Dynasty freak and you're still in the playoffs. Week 15 sure was fun. The first week of the playoffs was super high scoring. I know several teams in my league scored the most points that they have all season. It was pretty wild. What a time to do so too in the playoffs start, right? I know it resulted in some playoff upsets, most likely, and games coming down to the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. As always, recording this on a Monday afternoon, so don't know what's going to happen on Monday night, but hope it turns out well for you. I'm pleased to say that I had bye weeks in four of my nine Dynasty Leagues, and it looks like I'm going to make the semifinals in the one playoff game that I did have this week in a Dynasty League. Um, I I'm predicted to win by 91%, so anything could happen on Monday night, but I got a 50-point lead. So... Looks like I'm going to make it into five semifinals, so that's pretty fun. Hope that you're in the same boat. But enough about me or my team, so let's just talk about some things that I noticed this week from a Dynasty perspective. I'll call them my Week 15 Dynasty Takes. Uh, first, I'll call it uh, On Fire at Home. Uh, the Lions just dismantled the Broncos Saturday night, uh, reminding Dynasty managers that Jared Goff, he's on fire when he plays at home. Uh, Goff scored a season-high 33 fantasy points by throwing five touchdowns and I went down. You know, you always hear about Golf like a, being just more of an indoor quarterback or in a home uh, quarterback too. Well, Golf averages 23.4 fantasy points when playing at home compared to 16.7 when he's on the road. So, a pretty big difference there, of almost seven. As Golf goes, so goes the fantasy production of the whole team, as it is with quarterbacks. But managers who had Lions on, uh, on in their lineup this week were treated to game-winning performances, most likely including. Season's best, uh, 26 points from Sam LaPorta, scored three touchdowns, 21 points from uh, Monroir St. Brown, pretty much like a typical day for him, and 24 points from Jamar Gibbs. Pretty crazy. LaPorta's having really the best rookie season for a tight end in history, and he's already my number one ranked dynasty tight end. Gibbs, he's, he's scored uh, 12 fantasy points less or more than fellow rookie Bijan Robinson, so... But I don't think you'd change some of your dynasty rankings, but still have Bijan up there. But I have moved Gibbs all the way up to number four now. St. Brown, yeah, as for him, he's uh, the most consistent wide receiver in all of fantasy, arguably. And he's my number five-ranked dynasty receiver. So within this one squad, Jared Goff gets to distribute the ball to the number four-ranked running back, the number one-ranked tight end, the number five-ranked receiver. Pretty wild. Detroit's definitely loaded, loaded with all these young weapons and probably carried Dynasty teams into the semifinals this week. Unfortunately for Dynasty managers, though, the Lions' next two games are on the road. At least they're both in domes, since Goff uh, averages 14.85 fantasy points in outdoor games compared to 21.45 in indoor games. So he's scoring almost seven points higher when he plays inside to outside. So it's not going to be as high-flying because he's not going to have home games during the semifinals and during the Super Bowl week but you can look forward to at least their in dome games for that road team, or when they're the road team. Speaking of road teams, my next point would be road woes. Washington's offense looked terrible on Sunday afternoon, uh, leading coach Rivera to bench Sam Howell. Uh, when then once uh, Jacoby Brissett entered the game, the team started moving, and that's what sparked Terry McLaurin's best fantasy game of the season, unreal. McLaurin has been benchable in shallow leagues He's just averaged like six points per game over the last five weeks, and I thought this would be a breakout week for him since he complained that he was, quote, doing a lot of cardio out there after a zero-point fantasy game last week. I thought the squeaky will would, would get the grease, so to speak, but Sam Howell just couldn't provide it. Bursette did. Coach Rivera did say after, after the loss that Howell would remain the starter for next week, and I guess I believe that he will, but he's going to be on a short leash again, making him really an unreliable quarterback in the fantasy playoffs especially since he's playing this next week, in particular top-ranked defense against quarterback, that being the Jets. I, I said this a, <clears throat> a week or two ago that I had to turn to Howell as my starter in two leagues after Justin Herbert uh, was placed on IR. Well, I can tell you right now that I'm going to start Russell Wilson ahead of Howell in one league next week, and I'm actually going to have to go to the waiver wire in one other week. <laughs> it's going to be painful. Uh, Sunday was about as bad as it gets for Howell, and that's even during this up-and-down season he's had. There's still hope for his future, but there's also a strong possibility that the commanders qu- draft a quarterback in this class. Uh, their chances increase each time the commanders lose. And so they are uh, going to be, Sam Howell's, you know, really in a, in a tight situation right here. Next, I'll say unstoppable. My goodness, the 49ers are unstoppable. And Brock Purdy is playing at an MVP level. He was the fourth highest ranked quarterback headed into the week. And now his 28 point outing on Sunday is going to keep him up in that same Tear, unbelievable. Dynasty managers, think back, to, think back to about a year ago, almost this time a year ago, the dynasty manager that snagged Purdy off the waiver wire last season about this time and they had him come off the bench Man, they're just thrilled that they found this diamond in the rough. Unbelievable. I remember at the end of last season uh, when I was making a playoff run, one of the other teams offered me Purdy for a first-round draft pick in a Superflex league. Uncertain about his ability to keep the starting role, I declined it. And man, what a big mistake uh, that one ended up being. And then there's Christian McCaffrey. He's just unbelievable. And for the first time in his career, he's staying healthy, stayed healthy all season. Uh, he's averaging 23 fantasy points per game and looks just as quick and powerful as he, at 27 years old as he did in his rookie year. Uh, the guy who's surprising me at the most, though, at the end of the season is Debo Samuel. He's on fire the last four weeks, averaging 26 points a game. Coach Shanahan is starting to use, him, like, use Debo like he did in that magical 2021 season. It seemed like he lost a step in 2022 and slow had a slow start to this season in 2023, but now he's among the unstoppable players on this offense. Uh, he's peaking at just the right time for dynasty managers. I know I traded my very last share of Debo last offseason. I traded him for Joe Mixon in a league where I was stacked at wide receiver just because I wanted to add a little bit more running back, running back depth. You know, Mixon has scored six more points than Debo this year. And he did help me secure a bye week in the number one seed in that league. But now we're going into the playoffs, and I think if it had who's hot right now, I'd much rather have Debo, especially now that Chase Brown is starting to cut into Mixon's workload. So win some, you lose some. We'll see what happens regarding that trade. Next thing I'll call uh, league winners. Like Debo, a couple players are breaking out at the end of the season and are poised to be league winners for teams. Trey McBride and David Njoku dominate their team's targets and explode at just the right time now that we're getting the fantasy playoffs. Get this, since Joe Flacco took over in Cleveland uh, three weeks ago, Njoku's seen 28 targets, and the Browns have become one of the most pass-heaviest teams in the league, passing the ball 45 or 44, 45, and 44 times in the, in the three games that uh, Flacco's played. And of those passes, Njoku has 21% of the target share since Flacco took over. Similarly, since Kyler Murray came back into Arizona in Week 10, He's uh, targeted. Um, he's targeted forty. Um, he's targeted McBride forty-five times, an average of nine targets per game, and McBride has a twenty-six percent share of, of Murray's targets. Unbelievable. And Joku McBride—they're going to play a pretty significant role in advancing dynasty teams in the playoffs. I'm convinced of that. I have them in two of my five sem- semi-final uh, teams, and I'm excited to have that kind of steady floor at, you know, tight end, which is usually a pretty volatile position to have that steady floor is really going to help me in the playoffs. Now, um, I'm not too confident that these guys are going to be league winners, but I wanted to mention Devin Singletary and Ty Chandler because they could fit that bill too. Both dominated their team's snaps and touches this week, uh, produced 170 yards. Uh, Singletary produced on 30 touches, 170 yards, and had 75% of the team's And the Texans know that they need to ride Singletary to keep their playoff hopes alive. Chandler, similarly, he had 26 touches and produced 157 total yards. And he had 81% of the team's snaps. The Vikings need to ride Chandler to keep their playoff hopes alive. And if you watch that game on Saturday, my goodness, the Vikings could have won the game had they not tried two stupid, stupid brotherly shove plays with Nick Mullins instead of giving the ball to Chandler, who'd been dominating. I'm not confident that those guys are going to be league winners, but it's possible. But Singletary and Chandler could sneak in there as league winners. Pretty crazy. Every podcast, I like to do our little rookie watch. Two uh, rookies, wide receivers, finally made. I've uh, got a little bit more playing time this week and give their dynasty managers just a little bit of hope for their future because of that. Really, since week nine, Cedric Tillman has outsnapped Elijah Moore. Unbelievable. I can't believe that that's really happening because I've loved Elijah Moore, but I told you a few weeks ago, I've finally given up and admitted that I was wrong on him. But he's really becoming a wide receiver, too, in Cleveland now. He had his highest target share of the season with 18%, and he turned eight targets Mm -hmm. into four catches for 52 yards. Uh, Managers who've patiently waited for Tillman to find a role have been rewarded. He's still not a player that maybe you would take off a taxi squad yet. Not reliable in in lineups here during the playoffs, but it's going to be fun to watch his role increase, particularly now that they have a pass-happy Flacco-led team to improve. His role in his offense so Tillman's becoming the wide receiver two in Cleveland. Similarly uh, Tyler Scott is having had his most productive fantasy day on Sunday with three catches for 49 yards very modest three for 49 and he still has to pass Darnell Mooney to become the wide receiver two in Chicago but he's getting more involved in the offense here at the end of the year. Uh, Mooney I've, also, I've said this before but Mooney's in the last year of his contract so Scott's just kind of waiting for an increased role next year that is unless the Bears decide that they're going to keep Justin Fields and then draft Marvin Harrison with the first pick that they collected from Carolina. That would be pretty wild. Those are a couple rookies that did a little bit to stand out. What about old man strength? Uh, This week's old man strength award goes to a pair of Buccaneers, uh, Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Both old men had their highest scoring fantasy week of the season. And while the Buccaneers established themselves as a team to beat in the NFC South, uh, Godwin had a down season overall was on the injury report all week this week, so I would not be surprised if he was actually on the bench during his 20-point day. Uh, He most likely was in Dynasty lineups. Uh, It was good to see Mayfield has eyes for more than Mike Evans, though, and and got the ball to Godwin a lot in this game. And Mayfield's a great candidate for comeback player of the year, like actually in the NFL. Uh, He's the 15th highest scoring fantasy quarterback headed into the week, and now after this 33-point fantasy day, uh, he could definitely move into the top 12 by the end of the week. Uh, he too is likely, you know, bent, was likely benched uh, in one quarterback league, So they didn't get that. And in most dynasty leagues, I doubt that he was started. In superflex leagues, though, he certainly was, and he is definitely an every week starter in superflex leagues. Uh, he's one of my most hated players, <laughs> given his cockiness, his attitude, and of course the fact that he hates the University of Texas. <laughs> so uh, I have to admit, though, he's old man strength. That's pretty fun to watch. I had a good time watching him this season. Next, we'll say uh, bounce-back candidates. Uh, Cooper Cup has the back-to-back 21-point games and appears once again to be the apple of Matt Stafford's eye. He finally bounced back from his injuries, and he's going to be a big boost to dynasty lineups in the playoffs if they were lucky enough to get into the playoffs given that he had such a poor start to the season. I know in one league I secured a bye week, and the team that uh, has Cup won this week, and they're going to advance to play me, and I can tell you for sure that his team scares me way more than it did before. And I bet he's even going to be favored to beat me now. Good bounce back for a Cup. Good to see that even his old ripe age of 30. Then another bounce back candidate would be uh, T. Higgins. Uh, he's been benchable this season. I know I've benched him in a few of my leagues, um, and he bounced back though on Sunday and finally looked like himself again. He had one of the best plays of the year on that game time touchdown. That was an incredible catch and in the way he maneuvers his body and the ball over the uh, over the uh, comb. It was just so so awesome. He was definitely more involved in the offense after Jamar Chase left the game, so you gotta keep that in mind. But if Chase, mi- Chase misses time, uh, Higgins is gonna be kind of a safe to start player at, uh, than I think it would be. Uh, even with Jake Browning as his quarterback, uh, he too could be one of those players that bounces back just in time to help dynasty teams in the playoffs. I really hope, speaking of Higgins, that he signs with a new team next year. i really like to see how he can produce as a wide receiver one, instead of kind of being buried behind Jamar Chase like he is there. Uh, I think that he could do so, and he may get to prove it now that he might have a few weeks without Chase. He might, in effect, be the number one uh, receiver there for these next few weeks. A couple more things to talk about here. One, we always like to do a stock report. I'm going to do stock down this week. The dynasty stock is falling on one aging back and then two young backs. I'm talking, of course, about Austin Eckler. Man, it looks like he has hit the wall. C.J. Spiller out-touched Eckler in that uh, Chargers blowout loss, and the coaching staff said last week that they need to get more running backs involved in the game. It's hard to believe that he's fallen off a cliff, but it sure looks like he has. Uh, the team's coaching shakeup, and the fact that he's playing with the backup quarterback the rest of the season just means he's going to have a really hard time producing the rest of the season, which will hurt playoff teams if, if, indeed, playoff teams somehow made it into the playoffs with Eckler as their starter. I know I didn't want... And I'm not looking forward to next week because I don't think Eckler's going to help my team too much. The others are younger guys, though. Javante Williams and Damian Pierce. I feel like their stock's going down, too. They're athletic and hard-running backs whose dynasty stock is falling even at their young age. Uh, Pierce, he just lost his starting role to Devin Singletary, and I don't think he's getting it back. Houston's new new coaching staff isn't the one. They're not the ones that drafted Pierce, so they don't really have a lot of motive to try to mount there, especially while Singletary is having this breakout season right now. Any time a running back gets demoted to second string, naturally their dynasty stock tumbles dramatically, and that's what's happened here. As for Williams, though, he still has the leading role in Denver, but he's just not produced. He's only scored one touchdown in 13 games. He's played, uh, that he's played, and he only had double-digit fantasy points four times in those 13 games. I remember when he came out, he was my sixth-ranked rookie in the 2021 class, and I thought he would return to form after recovering from his knee surgery, but he just hasn't. Uh, last year, I traded away Williams for Dalvin Cook, at the trade deadline, and I got to the Super Bowl in that league, but I didn't win it. And so I really regretted the trade after not making that winning the Super Bowl. And then I regretted it more after Cook lost his job in Minnesota. And now, however, I just don't feel as bad about it. Of course, I'd still rather have Williams, but it just doesn't look as big of a mistake as Williams' stock continues to fall as well. And finally, on the waiver wire, there's a few players that I would recommend this week. Uh, First would be Trey Tucker. He did catch two touchdown passes on Thursday night's blowout win over the Chargers. Uh, he received more snaps than uh, Hunter Henry, the Hunter uh, Renfro, rather, but just barely. Uh, his breakout performance, though, on Thursday may cause the team to give him a few more snaps than, you know, what they've allowed him to do so far. Uh, he was a third-round pick, so they definitely have a lot invested in him. Uh, he's one that's out there on the waiver wire in almost all of my leagues, so he's really the only true dynasty player that I'd consider adding here at this point. And then um, I'm only interested in these next two guys if uh, if Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor aren't going to play, but it'd be Trey Sermon and uh, Tyler Goodson. and super deep leagues, you might consider them. Uh, they split the workload on sa- on Saturday while Jonathan Taylor and Moss were injured. Moss and Taylor could be back, like I said, this next week, so Sermon and Goodson uh, might not play this week or even for the rest of the season if those guys come back healthy. Uh, both have definitely had plenty of chances on NFL teams to, to prove themselves and what they've proven is that they're just backups or going, you know the type of guys that just get rotated on a practice squad. so i'd only really want to add them in the deepest of leagues or if i knew for certain that taylor and moss were not going to play this week all right well that's wrap this week on week number 15 thanks so, so much for listening uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com dynasty Freaks with two e's much better on email than twitter so that's the best way to contact me I appreciate you listening. Uh, I would be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts, that would mean a lot to me as an independent guy here. It's a fun time of season. Hope that your teams are doing well. And even if they're not, I appreciate you tuning in to listen. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there in the playoffs and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.